Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Hey, welcome back to the Bill Kasky Podcast. Last episode, we talked to Anthony Anarino, and this podcast episode, we're doing the same thing. We're going to take this a little bit further. He talks in here about the power of writing and why the skill of copywriting, writing articles, writing down your thoughts is so important as a sales professional when it comes to communicating your value. Then we get into a little bit of discussion about what's the future of sales and what's the future of sales management. And I think you'll uh, appreciate this. If you did not hear his perspective on the coronavirus, the business disruption, go back to the episode from last uh, last episode and listen to that. But here we try to divide it into some future thinking topics, especially around the future of the sales and the sales leadership function. Hope you enjoy. So tell me, uh, this brings up something that I have believed and I, I can't quantify it, but you've written every day. And I know you talk about writing in your email newsletters a little bit. How, how important is the act of writing every day or writing to you and how you think and how you, how you combine thoughts? I mean, I mean, I've always believed that we're better communicators the more we write. Tell, well, tell me what your perspective, am I way off there? No, you're spot on. So writing requires you to think. And, and I, I spend an hour every day writing uh, about a thousand words uh, every morning as soon as I wake up. That's, I'm, a, I'm an early morning writer. Mm-hmm. But you have to think about it and you have to decide what's true and what's not and why. And you have to support the assertions that you make. So it, it definitely helps you think things through. And if you're responding to a lot of things that are happening around you and you're, you're somebody who's uh, open to ideas, there's always so much that you can learn about yourself and about what you believe is true if you're willing to listen to other people's perspectives. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the danger for a lot of us right now in the political environment that we're in is that people are ideological, and you, you don't really benefit from being ideological. The, the best way to learn is to be able to look at things from multiple perspectives. And the more perspectives you can take, uh, the more you can find out what's true and you can start to understand what I would just call the gray areas where yeah. it's the context that matters. But if you believe, you know, and for a long time, me and some of my friends um, were continually being attacked for recommending that people use the telephone. And the other side of that argument was a group of people who insisted that you can only use social channels to prospect now. You're not allowed to pick up the phone. You're not allowed to call people. You're not allowed to ask for commitments. They're going to tell you when to do these things. And they were so ideological about it. I had an extreme allergic reaction uh, to to them. And there's nothing wrong with inbound. If you can get inbound, that's awesome. If you have leads, wonderful for you. They're like 
yeah. scratch off lottery tickets, right? You scratch it, maybe you won, maybe you didn't, but you still have to take a look because you've got something in front of you. But but the truth of the matter is you you want to use cold outreach and you want to use inbound. That's tools. right. You know, and, right. and why why would you it would be like saying, well, there's the phone or there's a computer. Yeah. You can only use one. Well, why can't I use both? Like why why would you put an or where I could put an and mm-hmm. And I want all of the tools available to me and I want all of the tools available to salespeople. So you have to be open to, to looking at things from different perspectives. And if you do that and you start thinking through like, when does this make sense? When is that true? Why is that true in these circumstances? Your thinking gets a lot better, but writing really, really helps you think things through. Yeah. Yeah. So let's move to my question here that we talked a little bit about before we went, we hit record, but the future of the sales function. And I'd like to not necessarily make it about the business disruption today, although I do think there are things in store for the sales function that will come from this, like virtual meetings and and kind of a virtual approach. But tell me what you see over the next three to five years as it relates to the sales function inside organizations and the salesperson's role as they continue to go out, generate business, close business, et cetera. What what are some things we should be looking for according to you? You have been on the planet long enough to recognize the trend that I think is the most interesting and most important. So there's been a lot of talk about social channels and the internet and and all of those things as being important. And and they've all had some relevance to us in, in B2B sales specifically, for sure. But the most interesting one, and the one that I think has the most to do with what our future looks like, is if you were to look at the trajectory of the expectations of buyers from salespeople it has been going um, in one direction and getting a steeper angle like a hockey stick on value creation. So you, you are going to be required to be a subject matter expert. You're going to have to understand your industry. You're going to have to understand the intersection of your industry and your client's industry and what's possible for them. You're going to have to have the situational knowledge to know how to help people make decisions and salespeople that understand you're not subservient to the client, you're a trusted advisor and you're consultative. Consultative means I'm going to tell you how to make the best decision for your business, including how to even think about making that decision. And when you rely on the lower levels of value, which would be, I'm going to lean on my product and my company. Yeah, I'm going to show people the logos that we've won. I'm going to talk about how good our service is and I'm going to talk about the solution and how we can help you do this. And I'll, I'll share with you sort of the difference between level three and level four. Level three is I can help you print letters and mail the letters to your customers in the southern half of the United States. Okay, that's great. I need somebody to do that. But, but that's not what people really want. What, what they want is I want to acquire new clients that have a higher lifetime value. So the difference between a solution sell specifically, I can solve the problem for you. The problem is you need to communicate this offer to to people in a certain demographic in a certain location. But what they're really trying to solve is how do I convert them into clients and how do I make sure I'm messaging this to the highest lifetime value of prospects that are going to respond to this and become customers. And it's, it's just, where do you want to start the conversation? 
uh, I think you started at the, the highest level and you work backwards from there. I'm still going to print. I'm still going to mail. I'm still going to help you acquire these clients. But the conversation we're having is about who are the ideal clients? How are we going to message yeah. them? How do we increase your conversion rate? And these are just two very, very different ideas about what sales means. So I see the most important thing is becoming the person that can have that conversation with the chief technology officer or the chief marketing officer or the, the, the chief financial officer. And you, you need to be able to sit and say, no matter who I'm sitting with and whatever their title is, I'm the subject matter expert in the room because I know more about how to get these outcomes than they do because they buy, uh, they buy a, an enterprise resource planning software program once in their life, if they're lucky, twice right. if they make a bad decision and I <laughs> sell it every day. So one of us should know more than the other. Yeah. That, that's where I think we are. If I, if I had to describe it, that's what I would say is most important. So that also, because you were, as you were talking about that story about mailing, I think about one of my clients who's in the printing business and they're in the digital business and they, when they run across somebody that wants to mail, as you say, in the Southern half of the United States, they want to generate, you know, a half percent return and generate $5 million. They actually have a copywriter access to a copywriter. So if the client sends to them, here's the copy I want in the letter and the copy sucks, then they can send it to, through their copywriter and they can make recommendations on how to improve it. That's a whole different level of value than just taking what the client gives you, sending out the mail. Right. That's exactly it. And if you have strong opinions and you have the experience to say, this works better than that, and this is why, that's the direction that we're heading. And I think we're, we've been heading there faster than people imagine. Yeah. And, and people are being left behind and selling it. You know, I, I have no idea about the statistics. I see the same things that you probably do. Less than half of people make their quota. Well, yep. if your approach doesn't create value, then I understand why that's happening. Yeah, I agree. Let's talk about the sales manager for a second, because we have a, a lot of sales leaders, sales managers, sales VPs who listen to our content. Um, what does their life look like in the coming years, given what you just said? I think, I think you're spot on, Anthony. I just think you're spot on. I've been talking about, you know, we've, every salesperson should have a blog or every salesperson should be publishing videos to LinkedIn, not about how great you are, but just offer ideas, offer strategies, offer examples of how one customer came to you, what their problems were, how you helped them. There's just so much you can do, and yet there's a lot of reluctance. But how's the leader going to be, how can they groom themselves to lead a team like this when they probably don't even know how to do it in many ways? Yeah, they're going to need a lot more help. But I'll tell you where where the fundamental lacking is on, on leadership. We don't do much to train sales managers and sales leaders. And there isn't a role in an organization that requires a culture of accountability like the sales role does. And what, what I notice missing from most sales managers and sales leaders and sales organizations right now is just a lack of, of leadership when it comes to creating that culture of accountability. Um, we work against the clock. So I, I will tell you a true story. Um, there was a keynote that I did at, a, at an event earlier this year and the vice president of sales put up the stats of all the people uh, on his team nationwide. And uh, literally they were stacked, you know, they were ranked. And so the, the person who's at the bottom of the stacked ranking is at the bottom of the stacked ranking, but it's there for everyone to see. 
And uh, after he was done with his presentation, the chief financial officer <laughs> happened to be there. And the chief financial officer said, I can't believe that you would do that to the people in this room. I mean, the, everybody was there. They were all sitting there looking at their own numbers and their peers' numbers. And uh, I asked him, I said, what did you say? And he said, I didn't say anything. I was laughing too hard. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> and, and, and it's like, well, everybody already knows how everybody's doing because they have meetings all the time and it's very public. But there's a huge amount of accountability that doesn't exist in other places. And what I notice now is if a sales manager had a manager who didn't impose the culture of accountability, then they don't know how to impose no. a culture of accountability. No. And the reason that we do so poorly is because, you know, I would say the first accountability is, you know, I need you to grow and develop because you can't be the kind of rep that sells the product and talks about our company because people don't care about that. So you, you've got to think about all the accountabilities. I need an accountability for opportunity creation. I need a, an accountability to the methodologies that we use to make sure that you're effective and that you win. And there just doesn't seem to be the accountability. And I would say that these two pieces that we've talked about, Bill, together, uh, the value creation from the rep and the accountability to do the work that makes you an effective salesperson now, uh, if you could fix those two things, you have better results. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I do think you're right about the the word accountability tends to always get married to an outcome. Like how many calls do you make today? Well, you know, you only made 20. I ask you to make 40. You're, you're not you're not holding yourself accountable. But accountability is bigger than just how many calls a day you're making or what the numbers are. I always say that we tend to try to manage the outputs, which is the revenue produced per salesperson. We should be managing the inputs like how are they growing? How are they planning? Right. How are they using the methodology? That's where you can actually have impact, not in just looking backwards and say, you didn't make enough calls today. And that's, that, that's what you do if you don't know how to improve people's effectiveness. That's you true. just go to more activity. That's and, true. you know, I, I had a CEO in one of my businesses who would be really unhappy with a salesperson that didn't take right off out of the gate. And I would defend those salespeople and say, no, 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 they're, they're, they're going to end up being fine. And you just have to trust me. And there was no trust there. But if I saw the person's growing, they're developing, they're asking great questions, their activity is really high, they're figuring out how to have the conversation. And I'm witnessing this and I'm watching it happen. And I'm like, no, they're going to make it. And yeah. they always made it. And you can tell. You can tell. You, you can tell because of the effort that they're putting in and their adjustments. They're, they're highly coachable. They're trying to figure out the conversation. And, and I would hold on to them until they succeeded, even though it was, it was difficult for other people. But then and the same thing, if you're not coachable and you're not willing to do the work and you're not trying to develop yourself, I'm, I'm not going to probably hang on very long if no. I don't see the effort. But if I see the effort and the, the adjustments being made, that, that's what you're looking for from everyone on your team. And if you're, if you're a leader, you know, your A players aren't giving you their best performance they're giving you the performance that gets them to the income level that they want to live on right now. Yeah. But, but if they can get to uh, the, the number four spot out of 10, that person can give you something better. I guarantee it. It's just whether or not you're willing to push them to give you their best performance and to grow. But Bill, you've, you've had good leaders in your life, I'm sure. And 
none of them said, Bill, you know, I've recognized that you're mediocre. And so I'm going to ignore you the best that I can. And <laughs> you just keep going along doing just the average work and we'll both be fine. Like that, that's not the leader you remember. No the one you remember is like, Bill, what are you doing? Like you're way better than this. you're better you, than that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're better than this. And they, they help you see something that you didn't see in yourself. That is so true. And that's what made him a great leader because they had a higher standard for you than you did. That's a whole different episode, Mr. <laughs> Anarino. That's awesome. Anthony, I really appreciate you spending some time today, uh, given all the craziness in our world. How would people best consume more of you? Where would they go? TheSalesBlog.com. Um, there's a, we're going to accost you with a pop-up banner that gives you some free eBooks. And um, then you'll be on the Sunday newsletter. And I, I think that's my, I know it's my favorite piece of work I do every week. But uh, it's, it's probably the one that most people find the most meaningful. So join the Sunday newsletter. It's a good place to start. Yeah, that's the one I, I watch and, and consume. And it's always it always makes me think. And that's, that's what you're all about. And hopefully the podcast is. So thanks again for being on. And uh, we'll chat sometime soon. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks for having me.